Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast where we watch a randomly selected horror movie every single week. I'm Bob. I'm Ben. How you hey doing? No. Oh. Well, yeah. how you doing? I'm okay. That's good. How are you? I'm pretty good. I mean, we've had a good start to this season so far. Yeah, I'm going to be... Okay, look, for those of you that, uh, you know, have just joined us for this season, this this season, I was skeptical at first. What were you skeptical of? The whole thing. Witches? Uh, that category is skeptical. I picked it, but my picks are usually bad. More like bitches. Probably. I'm probably going to be <laughs> screaming about bitches during all the witch films. No, I didn't know how to feel because I was like, ah, Catholic as a genre, as like a category. I'm excited. He says after he watches The Exorcist. Yeah, but like that that movie, I don't think of that movie as like Catholicism. That movie is so Catholic it hurts. <laughs> I guess my thing is, after last season, I was kind of on like, I was like, eh. This season will probably be fine. I'm excited now. Like, I'm hype. You know what I mean? Because I feel like last season we watched a bunch of films that were okay or amazing. In this season, I feel like we're going to have straight... I'm just expecting straight bangers from I, here on I out. I don't know if we'll have straight bangers, but, you know. I'm just excited, We man. could have bangers and mash. Okay. Ba-doom. Okay. That was an English joke. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and I don't understand it, really. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Bangers are their sausages. And then mash is mashed potatoes. It's a, Why it's do they a call dish. them bangers? It's a specific type of like sausage. Okay. You asked, I answer. I I understand. I just uh, whatever. I was I had I had a train of thought. I was going somewhere. Basically, I'm excited for the season. Damn it. That's good. That first movie was scary. That was cool. The first movie was really scary. I think what we've, oh! what we've learned is that um maybe we should revisit found found footage again. Nah. I don't know. I watched a um. A found footage movie uh, last night, mm-hmm. and every once in a while I'll watch a movie and I'll go like, okay, should this go on the board? Should it not go on the board? And this one I was like, this would probably do pretty good on the board. Bob would shit himself. Damn it. But, yeah. Uh, nightmare update. I had nightmares. Ah, well, that's good. Yeah. Really bad It's nightmares. always a good sign. You know how I told you at the – we've recorded two episodes today. You know how I told you at the – before we recorded last episode? Yeah. That I didn't get a lot of sleep? I had nightmares last night. About what specifically? Caves. <laughs> Caves. Uh, cave nightmares. Yeah. All right. Well, we're not good. On that note, do you have any news you wanted to share? Of course I have news, Benjamin. Do you want to go first? I have a list. I don't know if you have No, my news was I watched a movie last night. Okay, cool. But I can't tell you what the yeah, name yeah, of it yeah, was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So I'll start with the thing that is relevant to last week's episode because I talked about this last week, I think. Talked about Godzilla Minus One. I think last week or the week before. I don't remember. One of those two weeks. Yeah. They're extending the release again in America. It's getting even longer run because it's doing so well. In Japan, in January, they're doing a re-release in black and white, which is super That's sick. That's cool. And, but I'm, I haven't seen the film, of course. I've only heard amazing things so far. That's super dope, but I don't know if it's slated to come to America, and that sucks. It'd probably be on a Blu-ray. Yeah, which I'm, I'm hoping they release it on black and white and Blu-ray because, I mean, you and I both like black and white films. But it's also just, like, super easy filter to do. Yeah. Like, worst case scenario, you could probably just play it on your computer in black and white. I mean, I guess, but it probably... I'm assuming they'll do touch-ups and stuff to make the black and white look better. I You'd hope, know. right? I mean, if they're going through all the effort to put a movie that is doing so on black and white as, like, a full the- theatrical re-release. Yeah, but that's more of, like, an homage to the original. I mean, yeah, that's fair. I just thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. This is relevant to the podcast. Hold on. Don't shake your head yet, you son of a bitch. He's already fucking looking at me like I'm crazy. This is not like last time. This is actually horror news, right? You know, a long time ago, I think this was during season one, we released an episode with our friend Ashley that no longer exists. Yeah. You can't find it anywhere. And we watched The Strangers. Yeah. They're they're doing a remake. A remake of The Strangers? Not like a... Yes. So this is what I... I looked this up because I was curious because I was reading about it. The first movie, they're doing a Strangers trilogy. The first movie is a remake of the original. And then the second two films are completely, like, new content. And that's slated to come out in May of 2024, which I think is super cool. Because we didn't watch the second Strangers movie. No. And But we did watch the first one. But that first one, the con- the episode no longer exists. Because we did it drunk. No, and- Bob did it drunk. No, don't, no, we were we all drank. 
I know. I was fine. Bob was drunk. <laughs> Bob doesn't remember anything from that movie. No, I have vague memories of that film, but I thought that was cool. So maybe we'll cover that when it comes out. Yes. Yeah. It looks cool. I mean, I'm excited. This is another one. James Wan is announced to be directing an adaptation of H.P. Lovecraft's Call of Cthulhu, which is cool. We did H.P. Lovecraft films a couple seasons ago at this point. I think that was season three or four, something like that. If you don't know who James Wan is, he's known for directing The Conjuring, Malignant, and Insidious. Yep. All super famous horror movies, like beloved by some people. I've never seen any of them. Her Malignant is really good, though. It's very good. Uh, that's super exciting because, like, we covered H.P. Lovecraft stories, and I I have never read H.P. Lovecraft. Benjamin has read some of his work. I feel like he'll be able to do a good adaptation of it because I feel like some of the movies we watched weren't good adaptations. Others were, and I'm hoping that what he does with it is a closer, like, it, read to the books. It depends. So, like, the issue here, right, is called uh, Cthulhu is, like, a really big cultural character. Mm-hmm. But is not like a really big story character, okay? Because he just kills everything. Ah, I see. So he can't really have screen time. Mm. It's kind of like Godzilla in a traditional Godzilla movie, mm-hmm. where like you can't have Godzilla there the whole time, or everything would just be gone. You Fair have enough. to focus on other things, and that's that's kind of how a lot of the stories work with like old ones, the great old ones, and stuff like that. Point being is, I I don't know how he's gonna handle the story. Mm-hmm. Like if it's going to be accurate to the books, or if he's going to have to, if he, or if he's going to be like putting a lot more like Lovecraftian stuff in there. Yeah, because a classic thing with Lovecraft is you really can't do shit when you're faced with the monsters, the mythos. Yeah, yeah, because they're just you're a human, and that's a otherworldly being that can just murder you easily. Mm-hmm. So I, I point being is I think James Bond will do a, a good job. Like you said, he he's famous for a lot of stuff. You forgot to mention Saul. Oh, well, that's the one I... Yeah, I didn't write that one down. But yeah, he's famous for a bunch of stuff, and I I think he'll probably do a good job with the movie, especially if he gets a good writer for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Sam Raimi is also tied to this? I don't know. We'll we'll find out when it gets closer, but I think he'll do a good job with the movie, how well of a... Adaptation it'll be. Adaptation is the question. Yeah. I just thought I'd bring that one up because, A, very famous horror director. B, we've already watched... H.P. Lovecraft stories on the podcast. Yeah. So maybe we'll revisit that at some point and watch this new film. Also, Call of Cthulhu is like one of his most famous works. Kind of, yeah. Because like, you know, Cthulhu. It's a whole thing. Yeah, it's it's interesting. There's also like a video game adaptation of it. There's a bunch of stuff. Uh, yeah, it, it's one of those things though where Cthulhu is kind of the famous part of that story. Yeah. Rather than the story itself. Okay. Last thing. You know Jordan Peele. Director of uh, Nope. What is the what is that one? Half of Key and Peel. Half of Key and Peel. Uh, the other one. Get out. Get out. And then there's what the other one. The us. Other, us. I've seen Us actually. Okay. Well, you okay. forgot that one. <laughs> that was what I was trying to think of was Us because I've seen it. That and Nope. We did Nope on the podcast a while ago. Originally, he was slated to release a film Christmas of next year. Okay. It has now been pushed back indefinitely. We don't know when Jordan Peele's next film is coming out, but nice. it's coming out at some point. They just haven't released a, like, thing about it. Like, no one even knows what it is yet. That's never a good sign. No, it's not. Assumedly, it was actually not assumedly because you release a bunch of stuff during the holiday season. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, assumedly, it's a Christmas movie. That would be cool. Probably not. Uh, The reason I bring this up is because that's kind of upsetting because I, we watched Nope on the podcast. Nope's good. I liked it. And Us is fine. Like, I basically, I'm, what I'm getting at is, I know he's a very beloved director when it comes to horror. He's been, he's one of the people that's kind of, in recent years, come out of nowhere and just started making good horror movies. As a, originally a comedian. Yeah, like. It's cool. It's cool, and I was excited for the new thing that he was going to put out. And now I don't, I'm just upset that they're pushing it back. It'll come out eventually. It'll come out eventually, but it's just like, damn. You sucks. still have a movie by him we haven't watched yet. Yeah, so. we haven't watched Get Out. I've never seen Get Out. We you should can, watch it. You can cover point. that eventually. We can. We should. I think that's it. All right. That's everything. Well, then we got to actually choose a movie today. Yeah. So we have three categories, as always. There's my category, which is always very exciting. It's Catholic movies. So movies focusing on, like, religion, but very specifically Christianity and Catholicism. Our random, which was another suggestion of mine from way back in the day, Universal Monster Movies. 
Um, you know, the classics. And then Bob's, which was witches. Witches! Now, I have a good guess for what Bob's going to choose. Because he's, he's already chosen Catholic movies. Yeah. So he's not going to double dip. And that leaves... Well, no, on God, I'm too scared. On God, I'm too scared no, to double dip. No, but you also just don't double dip. So then it leaves him two options. There's Universal Monster Movies, which was a random, but also my random, and then his own choice. If I had to guess, I would guess his own choice. Yeah, but it's not for the reason you're thinking. Oh, well, then what's the reason? The reason is we've already watched Universal Monster Film on the podcast. Yeah, we did Invisible Man. Invisible Man, which means I kind of have a general, loose, okay, loose idea of what those films are. Yeah, vaguely. I mean, we watched a bunch of pre-code stuff last yeah. season. And that stuff was around the same time. So, you know, we haven't watched a witch film on the podcast, and that excites me. That is something that I am so, so excited about is, you know— Generally, when you go into a film, if you kind of know what you're getting yourself into, there's sort of some preconceived notions of what you expect. I don't know what to expect here, and that's exciting. That's something that I haven't had on the podcast in a long time is going into a category where I'm going, what the hell am I expecting out of this? Witches. Witches, and that's it. Like, that's the only thing I have going in, right? It could be whatever. So I'm choosing witches. Okay. Your spot's one, two, three open. Do you need to know what spot you chose last time? No, what's in spot three? I don't care. And three? I'm wild now at this point. I don't care. I'm just picking spots. The Craft. Oh, I've heard of this one. Yep. I don't know a lot about it, but I've heard of it. It's pretty famous. Okay, sick. Uh, It came out in 1996. Hell yeah. Which is... Scream. Yeah. Description. Let's get edgy. <laughs> oh god that makes sense i think i've seen the movie poster for this it's an hour and 41 minutes long okay it's rated r thank god imdb gave it a 6.4 out of 10 tomato meter gave it a 57 percent, and an audience score of 65 percent. that's honestly pretty good pretty decent uh, it has one win and seven nominations notable actors are robin tooney as sarah bailey she played annie garrett in vertical limit Fereza Balk as Nancy Downs. She played Dorothy in Return to Oz. Neve Campbell as Bonnie Harper. She played Sydney Prescott in Scream. Holy shit. Yep. Uh, Rachel True as Rochelle Zimmerman. Uh, she played Mona Thorne from Half and Half. She was on 91 episodes between 2002 and 2006. Skeet Ulrich. Oh my god! As Chris Hooker. He played Billy Loomis in Scream. Christine Taylor as Laura Lizzie. Uh, she played Holly Sullivan in The Wedding Singer. Breckenmeyer as Mitt. He played Spencer in Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Oh, well, we know that's not true. Uh, Nathaniel Marston as Trey. Uh, he played Michael McBain and Al Holden from One Life to Live. Uh, he was on 195 episodes between 1992 and 2007. Cliff DeYoung as Mr. Bailey. He played Colonel James M. Montgomery in Glory. Assumpta Serna as Lirio. He played Helena Studler in The Network of Freedom. Helen Shaver as Grace Downs. He played Carolyn in The Amityville Horror. Ooh, we haven't seen that one. No, we haven't. Janine Jackson as Jenny. She played Dr. Hassler in Red Dragon. It's related to um, Silence of the Lambs. Ah, okay. It's got our John Voight doing mm. the face. Yeah. <laughs> doing his face. Uh, Brenda Strong as Dr. Uh, she played Captain Deladier in Starship Trooper. Good movie. Absolutely horrific adaptation. <laughs> I've heard that from multiple people. Oh, it's it's an insulting adaptation. <laughs> and the the issue is it, it's a decent movie. Yeah. William Newman as Street Preacher. I played Sheriff Cronin in Leprechaun. Oh my god. Lappy boy. Uh director's Andrew Fleming. Uh he also directed Nancy Drew in 2007. Okay. The writer is Peter Filardi. Uh, he does the screenplay and the story. And then the other writer is also Andrew Fleming, who did the story. Budget's estimated at $15 million. Oh. With a box office of 24.8. Damn. So decent, but not great. Not great, yeah. Country of origin, United States. Tagline Welcome to the Witching Hour. Hell yeah. So apparently, as far as facts go, I don't have much, but production apparently enlisted a real-life Wiccan named Pat Devon to act as an on-set advisor for the film. That's cool. She wrote incantations and ensured that like 
the treatment of the subject matter was as accurate and respectful as possible. Huh. You know, for a horror movie. Aside from that, I think the only other thing to note is that in 2020, a soft reboot slash sequel uh, was released titled The Craft Legacy. Huh. That's cool. So I, I don't really have much else besides from that. Okay. There's one thing I want to talk about right now. Yeah. Did this come out before or after Scream in the year? Do you know? I don't know off the top of my head. Because, like, how do you cast Ski Orange and Neve Campbell in the same, in two roles into a film like that? It happens. In the same year, though. I mean, it happens. Like, did... I'm guess I'm what I'm asking is I think they worked together before as well. I don't know. I mean I mean there are two actors working in the same genre mm-hmm. at around the same time. It, it's bound to happen. Okay, so this came out May 3rd. Okay. And then Scream came out. I guess I'm just curious which one did it first. December 20th. Wow. So damn. This one came out a little bit before. This movie beat out Scream for the combo. I was just curious. Because that was just, when you were listening actors, I was like, oh, we got a Scream actor. That's cool. And I was like, yeah, we have another cool. Scream actor. Cool. But yeah, that, that's all I got. Okay. Go watch some witches. Yeah. We'll uh, see you guys in a minute. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We just finished watching The Craft. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of the food? Was craft service this nice? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. Didn't you make that? You made that joke in... When did you make that joke? I think off the podcast. Off the podcast. That's the second time I've heard that joke today. And it made you laugh, laugh both time. times. No, I think the first time I told you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> that is also true. This time I actually laughed because I wasn't expecting you to use it during the podcast. So, uh, you like it? Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was cool. I fun. did too. It was a fun time. Yeah, no, it's a fun movie. Okay. Podcast dope. <laughs> yeah, it's the episode, guys. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to start with a little description, uh, and then we'll get into it. As always, go watch the movie. Yeah. Before we spoil stuff. I don't think this is like a heavy spoiler warning movie. No. I don't think we'll have like a uh, spoiler section or anything, because uh, there's nothing really at the end I think we really need to talk about. Mm-mm. However, it is definitely one of those movies where... A lot of the fun, I think, is seeing how everything turns out. Yeah. So I, I'd highly recommend you go watch it before we spoil stuff. But if you re- want really quick, we can do a quick rundown. But generally what happens in the movie is that this girl is moving to a new city. Her name's Sarah. Yeah, you got it right. Nice. Yeah. I asked about halfway through the movie what her name was, uh, which should tell you something about the main character. But Sarah's moving to a new city. I think we determined it was Los Angeles. It is L.A. And when she gets there, she ends up going to a Catholic school, which really interestingly is co-ed. Yeah. Which is weird. At least to me. Are Catholic schools not normally co-ed? I don't know a ton about Catholic schools. All the ones in our city aren't. Really? They're all like Oh, I guess sex. you're right. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. So that's how I'm used to it. But yeah, she goes to this Catholic school and she ends up falling in with this group of three girls. Uh, there's Nancy... Rochelle mm-hmm. and Bonnie. Yep, you got them all. That's you're doing boom. Good with names today. Right. I don't know how this is happening. Um, and like the three of them have kind of a reputation around school for being both the goth crowd and quote unquote witches. Well, also bitches. Yeah, but I say quote unquote witches because. It's kind of like a rumor going around school because these three wear like all black and it's a Catholic school. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's the classic. They're the other. So let's call them witches. But yeah, anyways, Sarah ends up falling in with them, ends up eventually starting to practice witchcraft with them. I say witchcraft. They're they're doing like Wicca rituals and stuff. And lo and behold, the spells start to escalate and escalate. And maybe, just maybe some stuff starts to happen. Maybe it gets out of hand. Maybe the spells are real. So yeah, that that's the description. If that sounds interesting, again, I'd highly recommend you watch it. I had a lot of fun during no, this No, I had a really good time. I thought it was this a great movie's time. Fun. Uh, on that note, though, we are going to go into like our regular discussion, so spoiler warning. So do you have anything specific you want to talk about? Like right off the bat, or? Not really. Do you have something? Because I'm, I'm kind of in a weird spot. Yeah, because, I mean, it's one of those movies where I really enjoyed it, but it's yeah. a little hard to talk about because I was like, that was an experience. Yeah. Okay, Uh, then the thing I want to 
bring up right off the bat is right at the start of this movie, it does this really fun thing where it kind of leaves us in this gray zone of whether or not magic is real. So, I mean, we start off and it's these three girls who are practicing witchcraft, but it's it's rituals and stuff they found at this like they they read these rituals from books that they bought at a store for like twenty five dollars. No, they stole from a store. They stole from a store, but we see them buy a book from there later, and it's like twenty five bucks. Yeah. So they're like finding stuff that's easily available, and they're practicing it. And you know, it, it's framed in a way to seem like it could potentially be real, but a lot of the stuff that they see and they're like, "Oh, we did that. That's magic." It's just like happenstance. Stuff. It's just yeah, random happenstance of. I saw this happen, and I believe it happened. Yeah. So it's magic. And to be honest, I think that's a really good play. Now, eventually it's revealed, I don't know, 30 minutes into the film? Oh, more than that. Maybe a little bit longer, that there's actually magic happening. Yeah. And it's interestingly enough done, not during a spell sequence, but during, like, a game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I really liked the beginning of this movie, where it was just, like, maybe it's magic, maybe it isn't. Maybe it's just weird happenstance and these teenagers, because they're teenagers and they want magic to be happening, mm-hmm. just believe that everything that's outrageous happening in their lives is something they did. Mm-hmm. And I, I I don't know. I thought the movie did a great job of setting up stuff that could be happenstance. Because until that point happened where they were like, okay, here's magic and it's definitely magic. Yeah. It does look like the movie's going to go on the whole time of like either or no yeah i really like that too and i think it does a really good job of transitioning from this is maybe magic to this is magic like there's a really good moment in the film where like it basically it's a full switch going from that i want to talk about the fact that the use of magic in this film is very practical magic in a lot of ways it it's very like not in your face super like whimsical ridiculous magic it's all sort of like not to say natural but it sort of feels grounded in a way that makes it feel a lot more realistic, I guess, if magic were real. Yeah, I, I think what Bob's trying to get at is a lot of the quote-unquote magic that's practiced in this uh, movie are, like I said at the beginning, it's based on like Wicca and stuff. So a lot of it's based on like actual magic that people practice like in the modern day. Mm-hmm. And while there's like real, I think, exaggerated effects of it, it still has that basis in, like, things people really do. And so it's not like, oh, I'm going to magically make some flowers appear in my hand. It's more like, let me carry out this whole ritual, and then this effect's going to happen eventually. Well, I guess more my point is the magic isn't super, like, in-your-face overt, like, ridiculous bullshit. That's fair, except until the end. Even then, I don't even think it's that bad. Like, they're not, like, running around shooting fucking lightning bolts out of their hands and shit. Or, like, doing crazy, like, you know... Harry Potter stuff? Harry Potter shit, yeah. Yeah. It's very, like, grounded, realistic magic, if that makes sense. Even though magic, you know... It's magic. I mean, I think it's that idea of... Even though we have a sequence in the film that very explicitly tells us, hey, this is magic and not just happenstance, a lot of the magic in the film feels like it could be happenstance. Yeah. Or, like, dream or something like that. And, yeah, it does give it a lot of... It gives it a low fantasy. Low fantasy. That's kind really of what I'm looking for. Uh, and just a, a level of, I don't know, realism. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think I think all of that's really cool how they handle the magic in this movie. No, I, me too. And I, I did like how it went into like a full magic style. Mm-hmm. But a part of me is also like, it would have been so interesting to watch this film as like a character study of like a bunch of people who think magic's happening. Yeah. And nothing's happening, but they're just freaking out about it. No, I think that would be cool, but the movie would be completely different. Be a completely (laughs) different movie. You know what we can talk about? We can talk about some stunt stuff. Because there's one particular thing that happens, and I said it during the episode. I don't know if we clipped it. It might be the best version of that thing we've seen on the podcast. Because it is so brutal. I think you can just say there's a a car accident. Yeah, there's there's a car crash scene. And it is one of the best ones we've ever seen on the show. Yeah. Like, it is It is framed so well and shot so, like, what's uh, intensely that it just, it's so good. Yeah, and I think it's really helped because it's sudden. 
mm-hmm. it's one of those things where you can expect it, but it is. Yeah, you really see it sudden. coming from a mile away, but when it hits, it's just so brutal. Yeah, and it's it's one of those sequences that again it happens early in the film, so it's before we've established that magic's a thing. So it mm-hmm. just feels like a natural part of this universe. Yeah. I, I think that does make it hit a little bit harder. And you were talking about how it's one of the most brutal things in the show. I mean, how it's framed, I almost want to compare it to the car crash scene in I know we haven't watched it on the show, but I know you've seen it in general. Toxic Avenger. Mm. Yeah. It's a very similar like brutality level of framing. Mm-hmm with certain things being like crushed. But what's so interesting about, you know, this movie is first of all, it's one of the few like very violent things. Yeah, there's not film. a lot of violence in this. And even though it's framed really violently and how the accident itself is shot, the after effects are not like graphic at all. Yeah. They're very very just not. Mhm. Uh you can't even really tell anything happened. Yeah, this is a very uh light on blood and gore. Horror, horror. It's not really horror. Suspense. Suspense is really... Psychological thriller. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I thought that was an interesting choice. Uh, because, A, you know, like I said, this accident's very early on in the movie. So it does set the tone of, like, there could be some shocking mm-hmm. stuff happening, like violence and stuff. But it's not really going to be shown. And I honestly thought that matched the tone of this film very well. Yeah. To not have excessive gore. No, I agree. But I, I thought it... It did help keep the stakes up that we were like really early on. We were like, people can die. Yeah. And spoiler, people do die. And people the deaths do die. are fucking brutal. Even though we don't really see them. Even though we don't see them. It's just like, oh my God, I can't. I, I'm i literally sitting there just I'm like, I can't believe that just happened. And I, I think it's because we get that early one Yeah, out of nowhere. Are you talking about some of the practical effects on the magic? And like the special effects on the magic? Yeah. Um, it's 1996. It so some of it is okay. Yeah. But some of it is really good. I think that really comes down to, again, we've talked about how the magic is, I don't know, low fantasy. Mm-hmm. Which, if you're unfamiliar with low fantasy, uh, you know, high fantasy is like Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter mm-hmm. or Star Wars. And the idea there is there's a lot of, obviously, fantastical elements, but like magic and stuff like that, it's very evident. Um, and a low fantasy would be where those are very, very minor. Uh, do you have an, a good example of another low fantasy work? Uh, bu- 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 top bu- of your head. Um, uh, uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. That's a very good one. I mean, even the dragons in that tends mm-hmm. to be pretty biological yeah. in a lot of ways. And even Game of Thrones operates on the higher end of fantasy for a low fantasy kind of yeah. genre. Uh, if you're a role player, D&D first edition is pretty low fantasy mm-hmm. compared to later editions. Anyways, as we were saying, the magic in this is very kind of low fantasy. It's it's very like it could be happenstance, it could be direct most of the time. And so a lot of the magic effects are able to get away with practical effects. Mm-hmm. So like show them. Whether it be kind of like an illusion. Uh like occasionally we see like illusions of like roaches or snakes and stuff like that. Um there's a really insane sequence later on in the movie where we see a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And those are all done with like real animals mm-hmm. or spiders. At the very least plastic ones yeah. disguised in with the real ones. I just want to say that sequence is really impressive for the sheer amount of stuff they had to shoot together. Mhm. I was looking at it, there was a lot of snakes in that sequence. God, so many just snakes. because of how snakes are generally associated with witchcraft. And I was just blown away seeing a bunch of snakes together cuz I snakes tend to be kind of chill. For the most part. Mostly. Especially if they're handled well and stuff. And if you feed them, they don't eat a lot. But if you feed them regularly and they're not hungry, they'll be even more, like, chill. But it's still impressive to get a bunch of different snakes of a bunch of different sizes together Mm -hmm. in, like, large batches. Yeah. Uh, Because snakes will eat each other. So I just wanted to bring that up. I thought it was wild, especially because they had different animals mixed in with them. Like, there were some spiders and Mm -hmm. some snakes and some roaches and some rats all in, like... A tiny area together. Yeah. So, yeah, some cool animal effects. Uh, for practical effects, they also just had some different props or some mm-hmm. different uh, sequences framed. Yeah. Like some lightning hitting stuff. Yeah, they did. Uh, I assume that was CGI lightning or it might have been laser arrays. I really couldn't tell. Yeah, and then they just had, like, some practical explosions and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, there was a few, like, things just washed up on a beach yeah. or... At one point, they had a couple different containers explode. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's like, some floating and stuff like that. Yeah, and then there's the the non-practical effects of magic. And 
the more special effects. Mm-hmm. Actually, well, the practical effects are technically special effects. I guess this would be visual effects. You know, CGI. Stuff done in post. And those looked iffy. They're fine. They I, look I like... Mean, it's 1996. 1996. Right. CGI. Especially for a movie with $15 million, which isn't like a lot mm-hmm. to do CGI in 1996. So it didn't look great, but it didn't look horrible. No, I mean, it was passable. It was better than uh, The Rock in <laughs> The Mummy, what, 2? Yeah. So, God, pretty great right there. And that movie came out after this for sure. It did. 19, well, actually 2000-something, right? I was right? about to say, it was 2000. Because the original one came out in 1999. But yeah, the, the visual effects were fine. They were passable. They were, I think, my least favorite part of the movie. Really? But I think that's also because... I really liked when they framed all the magic as something that could be real. Yeah. Like, even once we were later on in the film, we were like, this is 100% magic. magic. It, there's no way it's not. It was more interesting as, like, a mechanism to the plot and story when it was, this could be because of something else. Mm-hmm. Both from, like, a visual perspective of, like, practical effects, but also from a story perspective. I, I think the best example of that is uh, one of the characters of the main four, uh, Bonnie. It's established pretty early on in the film she has uh, scars on her body. Uh, they appear to be burn scars, probably from an accident of some yeah, sort. Yeah, I don't think it's ever actually explained. When she was younger. Eventually they disappear. And it's heavily implied because we learn that magic's real, that it's magic that does it. But before her scars disappear, she goes in for an operation that's like designed to like get rid of them mm-hmm. anyways. And I, I really did like that framing of, even though we're we know it's magic. It could still be either or. Yeah. I thought that was very interesting. No, it's cool. It also, I think, made the effect better when they like her scars disappear. Yeah. Because there was like a natural uh, transition for it to happen. Mm-hmm. I think that's also a pretty good transition into kind of the characterization mm-hmm. for all four girls. Oh, my God. Because we have, you know, these four witches, right, our four main characters. We're practicing magic together, and they all have very different reasons for doing so and mm-hmm. different goals for it. We have Bonnie, who's has a lot of self-confidence issues mm-hmm. and is wanting magic to feel like more confident and beautiful. Yeah, Rochelle, who is struggling like socially uh, because she's black and she goes to like what is essentially an all-white school. Yeah, and. She has to deal with a bunch of racist, racist assholes. Yeah. Nancy, who's from a poorer family and has like a bad home life, and is just generally trying to deal with the shit from that, and then also shitty assholes at school mm-hmm. who take advantage of her. And um, Sarah, who has a dead mom and never explained why, but was suicidal at one point mm-hmm. before coming to LA. It might even be that she came to L.A. because her dad wanted to get her away from home. But in either case, you know, they all originally start practicing to help with their issues. Uh, we said Bonnie uses magic to get rid of her scars. Rochelle uses magic to get back at one of her, I guess, main antagonists. Yeah. Nancy uses magic to make her home life better. And Sarah uses magic to get a boy who was horrible to her. Who is a shitbag. To like her. Yeah. And then she uses that to, like, humiliate him. Sarah does kind of admittedly act the worst with it at the beginning. The beginning. I was about to say, uh, maybe, I don't know about that one, buddy. I don't know. But the, the thing I want to get out here is how the girls are before they start, like, actually using magic and after they actually start music- using magic was very interesting because their mm-hmm. personalities really change. Yeah, there's a big shift. And the the movie even makes a point of, like, noting that in the story because uh, mm-hmm. Sarah points it out, and she's obviously the main character. And I'll, I'll go back to, to Bonnie again where she's very, like, withdrawn and not very confident at the beginning of the movie. And... Once she starts fixing her issues, she becomes very confident, which is good for her. But she also becomes kind of like narcissistic mm-hmm. and an asshole. You know, I thought that was really interesting. But the thing I want to point out is there's a theme noted throughout this movie. This idea of 
whatever you wish for will come back threefold. Mm-hmm. And what I want to note is like, well, all these people got like their wishes granted. Like they, they performed magic and they got what they wanted. It felt like they were all negatively affected by their wishes. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm going to use Bonnie as an example because we, we keep touching on her. I, I think it was the most evident for me, but she wished to be beautiful. Like she wanted to feel like she's beautiful. And so the end effects is she starts to feel narcissistic rather than like, because she didn't wish to get rid of her scars. No. She wished to feel beautiful. Rochelle gets back at her, you know, tormentor, but then she becomes the tormentor herself. Yeah. The less said about Nancy, the better. God. That's just a spiral. Oh, my God. And I mean, Sarah, she gets someone who's obsessed with her, and that goes down a very dark, dark path. path. And I, I don't know. For me, that's, I think, the thing that I think really made this movie work. No, yeah. Is I, the fact that the magic had consequences. I was about to say, this movie is straight up. Your actions have consequences. I, I love the classic monkey Paul kind of setup for magic. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just the effect it had on the characters. That idea of power corrupts. Yeah, for sure. But also sometimes like you get what you wish for, not what you want. Yeah, for sure. And I think the other thing for me is like the at the addition of the paying a price for what you're asking for is it adds a layer of to add more effect to like the natural feeling of the magic of mm-hmm. like you're paying a price, especially because it aren't free. wasn't a very literal price. No, like you expect it to be really literal, and mm-hmm. then it's not. It was generally like more subtle. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not paying attention, it doesn't feel like there was any consequences. There were definitely consequences, but there was to definitely actions. consequences. <laughs> um, if you look closer, but it's not as evident as like, oh, you're literally paying up threefold. Mm-hmm. Thought that was cool. Really in in line with the tone. No, yeah, that's one thing about this film that I I really enjoy is tonally, it it has an arc and it makes sense and I don't there's no point where I go nothing feels off it all meshes together really well and all makes sense yeah which is very nice we've watched some films recently that were not that and that was upsetting aside from all that magic stuff uh, I think the only other thing that really sticks out for me because I'm gonna mention it here because I know Bob mentioned it right at the beginning of this movie. It feels like a 90s movie. Oh, my God. This movie feels like it's from 1996. Yeah. Just the appearance of everyone. Yeah. Uh, Just the setting, the appearance, the, the music. Oh, my God. It screams 90s. I, I mean, if you're kind of looking for something more in the vein of Scream mm-hmm. or I Know What You Did Last Summer, super yeah. 90s feeling kind of stuff like that. No, yeah. thought it was fun. I think I have one last thing I want to talk about. Okay. I think... You know, we haven't really touched on, like, the performance of the actors at all in this. They all do a really good job. Yeah. But I want to highlight Nancy because she does such a good job, I think. Like, there's, you know, like Ben said, there's, like, a progression. There's, like, there the, we see changes once the magic sort of takes over and, yeah. like, makes changes to them. The flip on Nancy is so, so, so good. And I think her performance at the end of the film is really, really good. Yeah, I I honestly think it isn't just Nancy. I think Nancy and Bonnie. Mm-hmm. Both characters, I think, had the most aggressive personality flip mm-hmm. from beginning of the movie till the end. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to do as an actor, to go from like, okay, I'm acting one character one way, and then I have to go to a completely different like mindset. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was just a really, really good job from both of them. Uh, Nancy's uh, Feruza Balk and then uh, Bonnie Sneep Campbell. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention they did a great job. So good. Because that's hard to do. Yeah, it's hard to do, but it's hard to do well. Because, like, it can feel sudden and, like, out of place in in a lot of cases. You know, it's just like, oh, why are these characters doing this thing? But this movie does a very good job of, like, showing natural progression. It's slow and subtle, but it works. And by the time you get to the point where they're completely changed you've had enough time to adjust that it's not doesn't feel out of place yeah okay well then i guess on that note do you want to go to recommendations sure okay take it away you want to move from the 90s it's a 90s movie yeah it feels like a movie from the 90s 
it's shot like a movie from the 90s. Every movie from the 90s, Ben said this, that we've seen on the podcast, has a very distinct feel. Like, it, you can tell from the cinematography, the style. It just feels like a 90s movie. I don't think it's every 90s movie, but it's very specifically there was a counterculture movement in the 90s. Every 90s movie we've seen on the podcast. That really hit horror, I think, yeah. hard. And so it's just, like, imprinted into the genre for mm-hmm. movies of that time period. I mean, I said it earlier, but this movie feels a lot like I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yeah. Or even Scream in some ways. I was going to say, even uh, Return of the Living Dead 3 hits me hard on this one, too. Fair enough. Uh, I feel like uh, Skeet Ulrich and Neve Campbell, during this movie, they do a good job. Yeah. They're cool. They don't interact a lot, which is interesting. Like, you can tell this movie yeah. came out pre-Scream. Yeah. Because they're not as focused on no. as you'd expect. They're like, you know, they're around. They're side characters. They're cool. I like them. If you want a movie, this, so, yeah, if you want a movie that's, like, light on blood and guts and you want, like, a horror movie, not a lot of blood and guts in this film. There is some blood that's not completely blood-free, but th- it's light. If you want a movie that, <laughs> Ben said this, well, Ben didn't say this on the podcast. Ben said this when we were setting up. Didn't you say you, like, oh, we almost watched it on the CW? Oh, my God. <laughs> How I... I was looking at, like, where this was streaming, right? And it, it streams a bunch of places. I say stream. Like, where you could get it for, like, digital playback on demand, whatever you want to call it. And one of the places was on the CW channel, like, their yep. streaming service. And I was like, Bob, you're going to love this. Yep. It's 20-something-year-olds acting like teenagers that are over-sexualized. That's not a jab at Bob. It's more of a reference to Bob liking Riverdale. Yep. I've, Which is yeah. basically that. So here's my recommendation. If you like CW shows like that. Was The Flash on CW? The Flash was CW. Mm, I never watched sense. The Flash. Was Arrow on CW? Also CW. Okay. Uh, watch this show or watch this movie. It gives CW vibes. It does. <laughs> so if you're into that, I think that's it. All right. I don't, I don't know if I have as many recommendations as Bob. I mean, I think all of his were good as always. Uh, I'm just going to go for one different one. And that's if you're kind of looking for a a teen like horror movie from yeah. the 90s. Um, we, call, we covered meta horror. Not the same genre, but it's that same feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is really good. But more importantly, if you want a movie about like witchcraft and magic, yeah. I thought that was a pretty, pretty good one. Especially in like a modern setting. Yeah, like, this no, is that not, was cool. I think classic witchcraft when you think of witchcraft. No, I didn't know if we were going to get a movie set like in the modern day about witches or not on this, like in this category. I didn't know if you were going to go all classic, like Witchfinder General or something. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if you're looking for like a more modern take on witches, I thought this was pretty interesting without going into like tropes. Mm -hmm. On that note, though, if you want to give it a rating, Bob. I'm kind of in a weird spot because I, I like this movie a lot. Like, I, did I think too. it's fun, but I don't know. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. Eh, you know. It was it was a lot of fun though. It was a lot of fun and I had a really good time. I was thinking to myself before before we started recording this part of the podcast, I was like, I kinda want I don't know what I give this a three and a half or a four. And I think I'm gonna give it a four over a three and a half. Mostly because the ending is really good. Like I like the end of this movie a, a shit ton. I think it's probably one of my favorite parts. It's fun. It starts to get a little what the fuck, I Does will it? say. Yeah, but that's more because magic gets progressively more common as the movie goes on. Yeah. And by the end, it's getting to the point of, like, it's almost too much. Really? You think so? Yeah, for how, like, again, low fantasy the whole mm-hmm. film was once you start to have too much of it. Yeah. It starts to get the mid to high fantasy. That's fair. But I think the reason I'm going to move it from a three and a half to a four is because I mentioned this earlier. I think overall the, the movie has good tone and good story beats and everything that you want to come back around does like, there's nothing left un unlike looked into. Like there's no plot threads. That they just leave out there and go, ah, and do nothing with everything's explained. It all comes back around in a nice, neat folded up way. I think it's a very, very tight like story overall. And I think that's why I have to give it a four. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it a four as well. I mean, partially that's just because I enjoyed it. No, I yeah, had a it's fun. really great time. 
but I think the real reason it's going to get a four instead of like a three or a three and a half is how well it treats the magic. Yeah. Uh, like I said, they had like someone come on to make sure they treat it like respectfully and have, you know, the rituals and everything seem realistic. And I thought they did a great job with mm-hmm. that. I thought everything looked really good. It seemed to be pretty in line with my understanding of more modern practices. Um, and I, I thought that gave everything a layer of realism that really helped and fit the tone. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that helped this whole like low fantasy, like this could be real, it could be magic kind of minor plot thread really really take off yeah i think the only thing that really keeps me from giving it any higher than a four is i mean a how 90s this feels <laughs> i mean honestly <laughs> it's 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 almost too punk at times no like the 90s feel isn't necessarily a negative but you know what i mean it's a style yeah no i um, get it but to be honest the the actual real thing that keeps me from giving it a four is the lack of what I would consider realistic interactions between the girls and, like, the people around them. Hmm. It, it honestly felt to me that, well, there was this really interesting, like, plot line and story with these four main characters going on. The interactions they had with other people weren't as aggressive as yeah. I thought it would be. Mm. Like, okay. everyone was just really casual towards them. And it, it made the film feel a little bit weird at times. Like, their story was happening outside of the rest of the universe going on. Uh, I mean, straight up, they're practicing, you know, witchcraft, if that's what you want to call it. And they go to a Catholic school. Oh, yeah. So they're all from, like, probably pretty religious families. And at the very least, they're surrounded by religious people. Everyone knows they're doing this, and there's no, like, kickback. Yeah. As far as we can see, outside of maybe some whispering from schoolmates. But I look at that and I'm like, those nuns would be going crazy. It's true. Or like all the girls will have satanic imagery in their houses, which feels a little bit weird if any of their parents are really religious. You know, there's just general stuff like that. There's also some weird interactions between them and like the store they go to Mm -hmm. where they're buying like stuff from. Yeah. It feels like the interactions between the girls are very plotted and planned and, like, very well thought out. But the interactions they have with everyone outside of their circle is sort of just there because it has to be. It doesn't feel that nuanced and, like, it doesn't have the same impact as their interactions between each other does. Yeah, it just seemed like the rest of the world wasn't as realistic. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I even mentioned this kind of jokingly to Bob during the movie, but... The four girls are very obviously not in uniform, like, the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And everyone else is in pretty restrictive pretty uniform. Pretty uniform, yeah. And no one says anything. Weird. I don't know. It, it was just, like, there was a weird interaction between the girls and There's just a disconnect. Else. Especially because, again, they're practicing witchcraft, and that was not necessarily looked upon well. I mean, remember the satanic panic just happened. Yeah. Like, what, less than a decade ago? In that the was 80s, the 80s. Baby. And this is the mid-90s, so it's just it's just really weird that it wasn't, like, a part of this film. I mean, it didn't need to be a focus, but it feels no. like it should be a background. Yeah, and I feel like adding that as a background thing would really strengthen, like, their reasons for doing witchcraft. Because if there's more kickback from, like, society... Well, it, it, re- it really strengthens, I think, the relationship between the, the four girls. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, we're the other. Yeah. Like, there's nowhere else for us to go now. But they didn't do that. And again, really, I mean, you get that kind of, but it's not as strong as it could be. Yeah. Again, they they didn't do that. I think it would have made the film better. I, I think that without that, I can't go higher than a four. Fair. So, yeah. On that note, I think we're going to go to the outtakes. Yeah. So we'll be back in a minute. Yeah. See you guys in a minute. Hi everybody, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the outtakes. Do we have any announcements? 
Ben. Nope. Yeah, so no announcements. So I guess, you know, usual stick. Uh, check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, other places on the internet. Uh, we're also on YouTube, which is a nice place to show us some support, you know, with your likes and subscriptions. That's really easy for us to see. Much easier than, like, Spotify or something. So that's kind of cool for us. YouTube's also nice because it has a couple tools that are really handy. There's a bell button, which you can ring to get notified whenever uh, we post something new in case, like, we forget to tell you about a holiday or something. That'll notify you, and then you can go over and watch it on Spotify or something instead of YouTube if you want. Uh, YouTube also has a search button, which is really nice because you can search, like, all our videos if you're looking for uh, maybe a movie we've done. You don't know what episode that is. Uh, YouTube is one of the main places you can communicate with us at probably its main purpose you can do that in the comment section of a specific video or you can go over to twitter at beware the board and call on bob of the north <laughs> and ask him for his guidance uh a little bit of an aside before i talk about twitter i just realized this is our first episode of the new year this is coming out after the new year yeah that's crazy you did just realize that yeah i know <laughs> i just realized that at the end of the episode damn anyway Check us out on Twitter, at BewareTheBoard. It's where I post updates about the show, information about the show. Basically, if there's anything you want to know about the show, it goes on our Twitter. On Mondays, I post a spoiler post for that Friday's episode, which is a hidden movie cover that you can reveal. So you can watch the movie before we do, so that whenever you listen to the episode, you don't get any spoilers. And when we're being vague about stuff, you kind of know what we're talking about. Then on Fridays, or every day an episode goes live, I always post a link to the episode with maybe a meme if something was funny. So if you ever miss an upload, I want to know when something went up. There's always a link on our Twitter. Last thing, we do short form content at Beware the Board on TikTok and on YouTube Shorts. So if you like short form content and enjoy the show, check us out there at Beware the Board on TikTok and on YouTube Shorts. Ben, I think that's it. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>